Welcome back to the Book Burp Podcast with Allie and Rach. I'm Allie. And I'm Rach. And it's winter season. <laughs> season three. Season I almost, three. I was so enjoying the break. Yeah. That, and I knew, okay, I'm going to spoil. Allie and I did a little bit talk about this book. In like a for way one that we're, second. For one second. And... I think it ignited that spark in me that wanted to talk to you about it so badly. Oh, because yeah. Because it seemed like she didn't love it. And oh. I was like, oh, I want to know why. I like When I recommended this book to Allie, it was because I thought she would absolutely love it. The book we're talking about is The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. Yes. And it came out in 2018, I think. And I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And when I... Maybe got the gist that you didn't love it. Uh huh. It was like, can we record tonight? Was this just wait? I, we just talked about it today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only thing. When did else did we talk about it? We talked about it when you hadn't finished it, and I was. We were gonna record on Friday. Oh. And you're like, I can just read it really fast. I'm like, I can't believe you haven't finished it. I tore through it. Oh, that's what gave you the impression. Mm-hmm. Interesting. have to keep an eye on the oh all right okay so what do you want to hear immediately what i thought of it like what do you want how do you want to be how do you want the big reveal well hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna do my the spiel that's what i thought okay i I will still not talk about it then i was just saying that's how i was so excited i may have been a little burnt out and after the week and i we both read a book and we didn't talk about it Uh i cannot wait to i know it's fun Okay, so there are some triggers. One, I, I keep finding new triggers that I never knew I had. Um, <laughs> skeletal trauma, when a bone comes through mm-hmm. your skin. Mm-hmm. I don't want to read about it. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Alcoholism. Mm-hmm. There is like PTSD and domestic abuse. I was trying to remember if there was sexual abuse in the book. And I don't remember that. It was, I don't I don't think, but just domestic abuse. So the setting is Conic, Alaska. And I felt like the setting was another one of the characters. Yeah. It was a really important piece of the story. But the other characters were Ernt, Cora, Lenny. And there was other Matthew. But I read when I was doing just some research about the summary and trying to remember things that, or trying to see things that I couldn't remember Someone called it a plot-heavy melodrama, and I laughed. Like, that's a really good way, a plot-heavy. Yeah. Okay, so – oh, our drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's do the cocktail. Um, so the I'm drink is called <laughs> The Winter, and I got it on Difford's Guide. Okay. Difford's is one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. It's also a really good TikTok follow. I don't know the name of the girl that's on there. She's like the face of Difford's okay. on TikTok, but she's excellent. Mm-hmm. And this has pimento dram, which is described to me as Christmas in a bottle. Mm -hmm. It has Jamaican rum. It has ginger liqueur, different ginger liqueur than the last Mm -hmm. one we had. And so now I own two bottles of ginger liqueur. I need to go ginger heavy this season. Lime juice. I used Allie's maple Mm -hmm. sugar syrup. Maple cinnamon, I think. Yeah, it's a maple cinnamon. Mm, So good. 
and shake it all up. It is so good. It's real. It's like, like a, a, I feel like I keep making these tiki Christmas drinks. I love it. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Oh, we're using your grandmother's mm-hmm. crystal too. These Drinking are, out of vintage these. crystal. This feels very season appropriate. Mm-hmm. I wish your husband would have had a fire for us. Going. I know. That would have been great. Shame on him. What made you think of this drink? For the book um are you ready for Let me get, give me your thought process okay the thought process was winter cocktails <laughs> into google the first one that came up is a cocktail called winter i like it mm-hmm. i like it we're kicking off the season mm-hmm. simple but delightful it worked out you know well i had to buy every single ingredient in oh, it how are we still buying liquor i right i Every That's how I lazy to go i buy was more i'm like what in the world I could i not so have this podcast i know I have very, I mean, our liquor, respective liquor cabinets are very well stocked Ours is too. in things that you don't use that often. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Don't have one thing of tonic in my bar. <laughs> I don't have any ginger beer, but I have two kinds of I've ginger liqueur. Have <laughs> Uzo. <Yeah>. Uzo. <laughs> I have some bizarre things mm-hmm. for sure. Well, it's very good. It, it is very wintry and Christmassy and delightful. But it's Alan tiki. I, yeah. How did you nail that? We go through these phases. We both went to a tiki bar together. It was, our, I think, our first tiki bar we'd ever been to. The one in Chicago? One in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We went together. And I feel like this little spark of an idea sparked mm-hmm. in both of us where we want to have a dive tiki bar. Yeah. We have very different visions for how said tiki bar will be yeah. decorated. So we'll have to cross that bridge. We have the, very different styles. Like if there's one mm-hmm. thing, you would you would walk in Rachel's house and you, then you would walk in mine mm-hmm. and be like, they're, they're BFFs? How? How? <laughs> if you saw but we out. like each other's houses. I'm always like, oh yeah, yeah, I love this. We help each other. If I had your style, this is what I would choose. Uh-huh. We do a good job do a good at job. each other's But if styles. we ever agree on something, mm-hmm. it means all aspects of the mm-hmm. interior design spectrum will like it. So yes. if we nailed a dive tiki bar, we I feel would like I it. had, this room is the U.S. room Mm, in your house and i feel like you helped a lot you yeah we we agreed on everything yeah agreed we Um, agreed that we agreed mm -hmm. we agreed (laughs) that we agreed anywho so Ernst albright is a veteran 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 a veteran pow from vietnam who lives with his family and i think it's washington i didn't have they're in seattle okay seattle washington he is continually losing his job and moving his wife and his daughter, his wife Cora and his daughter Lenny from place to place to find a better place, a new start, something. Always. I felt like in the first couple chapters, I felt like I knew this character. Yes. Not from my yes. personal experience, but it just felt like a stereotype of this person or oh. he seemed like lovable and just couldn't couldn't get it together i the odds of me crying during this podcast are high yes it i felt as though well i think it's i could relate it to people i knew where Mm -hmm. i was like i we all knew and it wasn't my life at all but Mm -hmm. we all knew a kid like lenny you all knew a kid that you just felt so bad for because their dad couldn't get it together. And it's not their fault. And it's not their fault. And mm-hmm. it was just immediately heartbroken, immediately heartbroken about the whole situation. Okay. You haven't told me what you felt about the book. And now I'm... I'm still stuck. not going... I okay. mean, I I'll, I'll give you... I don't know. I just finished it like a minute ago. So okay. I'm not fully developed on how I feel. But all of the characters... There's a question I'm going to ask you. Like, what made you want to scream at your book more? 
And it's like a couple of things from the book that I just kept wanting. That was my reaction. Like, why is why? this happening? So the family receives a letter from the father of a fellow soldier that Ernt had fought alongside with in Vietnam who'd been killed in the war. I think he'd been killed in the war. He So or, Ernt was a POW. Mm-hmm. I think he, he was, was killed POW, in the camp. He, he was POW with him, I think. Yes. Yeah. And I think he died and Ernt got to come home. Yeah, the dad wasn't just like a Vietnam vet. He was mm-hmm. a severely traumatized POW. Yeah. It was and, bad. And even when you first meet him, I mean, it takes a while in the book. I mean, I just, you gradually hate Ernt. Yeah. But you really like him at first. I mean, you you hear also learning, there's things about him you hate, but you are learning about him through the eyes of his young daughter. Yeah, so that's of course true. she loves him, and you mm-hmm. only see, and that you the mother is protecting her all that stuff. So you like him because she is a little girl explaining her dad to you, and he loves her. Yeah, um, yeah. and that's and that's the point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like she knows a lot about her parents' dynamic, but her dad is just so broken mm-hmm. um but you don't know a lot of that yet right. you learn all this as you read along um so his this fellow soldier that died in the prisoner of war camp has given Ernt this plot of land in this little cabin in canick mm-hmm. alaska connect connect we just god it damn it dang it Anyway, um, okay. in the middle of nowhere, Alaska, outside middle, of Homer. Mm-hmm. They've never been to Alaska. No. They don't really know much about it. There is a picture of the cabin with the letter, and the father that wrote the letter also lives there. Yeah. So Ernt is so excited so about this. Is this. A, this is a fresh start. Fine. Mm-hmm. We're going to provide finally a fresh start. Ourselves. He has a home. They have this idea. You start seeing these kind of um, libertarian, maybe, leaning – ideals like blossoming prepper ideals i would say yeah it it really turns into a different animal when he gets to alaska but you can kind of start to see just the way he talks about what's going on in the news and wanting to bring his family to a safe place where Mm -hmm. he can protect them and they can live off the land yeah it doesn't seem like it's a dangerous place yet no and alaska really um changes him yes in ways that are not good so the family takes off. They leave before oh. Lenny is able to finish school. She just picks up with her parents. Yeah, and, in their VW van. Which is really sweet detail. I know. Um, and they drive to Alaska. Yeah. It seems kind of dreamy, just mm-hmm. the way she describes it. And you know that they don't have a lot of money, but the way they stop and get snacks and yeah, um, they have picnics. It just It really looks like a kind of picturesque family yeah. vacation if road you, trip and especially if you I, I grew up with not a ton of money mm-hmm. and so much of that is delightful to look back on we went on camp we didn't go on big yeah. family vacations we did camping we camped a lot in the summer and i don't look back on that with any negative view at we've all. talked about this before um camping yeah is i do not like to camp as an adult <laughs> i do not want to camp as a child it's it the was best. the most fun. It costs no money. So I, as a cheap person, yeah, want to provide my son with, with these delightful, with these really fun, fun core yeah. memory building vacations. And that's what it seems like a little bit in mm-hmm. the and and you can feel the hope. I think if there was one theme throughout yes. this book, it's like hope, and you can feel the hope. And like as they're getting on the ferry and they're driving mm-hmm. their van, 
she's like, maybe this is it. Maybe this, and it, yeah, it seems kind of fun, you know, yeah. as they're doing it. There is this, you're constantly seeing how close Cora and Lenny are. As a, yeah. It's beyond what I was with my mother. I mean, it is mm-hmm. best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, they rely on each other. I mean, there's many times when it feels like Cora should leave or she should have left and she doesn't because mm-hmm. she's a good mother. And there's many times where Lenny doesn't do something or say something because she cares so much about her mom and yeah. she doesn't want her dad to lash out at her. So they're this unit. And yeah. towards the end of the story, when they commit this crime, they still don't leave each other. Yeah, They stay together as, you know, I mean, I think Lenny at that point's 18. Yeah. And... She wants to go to college, and they still, yeah, remain together because uh, yeah, it almost reminds me of like twins. It reminded me of um, I think I wrote this somewhere in here, but the Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. like Lorelai and Rory, very sad Gilmore Girls. Uh huh. <laughs> and also, this is where I wrote Lorelai, Cora's family. Mm-hmm. Reminds me so big much. Big Gilmore Girl vibes. Mm-hmm. They're, her family. The I didn't funny. even bother casting it, but it was it was her parents and. If the Christopher was bad and mm-hmm. Lorelai stayed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the family travels to Alaska to live off the land and start over. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, okay. So that's the summary? Yeah, that's the summary. Okay. We're going to talk about my some of my questions, like point to other things that happen. But Okay. So, oh gosh. what I feel traumatized by the book. That's one thing I think. I think it was... So good, so well written. I lo- I loved the book. I truly loved this book. I my seasonal depression could not be it, but more of a. It was not spot. a cozy. It's not. Cozy. It was not. Cozy. I feel a little wrecked by this book. Is how uh, I feel. So, and maybe you'll get to this. And I'm sorry if I'm like throwing no, you're out not. the the. I you mean, my organized yeah summary summary yeah no so. Lenny develops this friendship with a boy in town, Matthew, Matt, Matthew, they call him Matthew, right? Mm-hmm. And when they're like 13, and then his mom dies, and he witnesses it. So he goes off to live with family in Fairbanks, and they always keep in touch. Plot heavy. This is not even like one of the main story arcs. <sighs> this is just a traumatic melodrama piece. So that- they go they like keep in touch he comes back they fall in love and then they're in this tragic accident where they fall into a crevasse because they're trying to escape her abusive father Mm -hmm. and he suffers a traumatic brain injury then she finds out she's pregnant with his baby this is like a Mm -hmm. soap opera pregnant with his baby she tells her dad he tries to kill he's like basically hits her he hits her He's Mom, never hit her before. Cora pulls out a gun and shoots him and kills him. And then they have to hide the body. This is Allison's quick summary that I also just gave to my husband. They have to hide the body. And then it is just like thing after thing after thing. And you've spent this slow build up thinking. The whole story is about hope and this relationship between a mom and her daughter. To me, that's what it's about. And you have hope the whole time. The whole story. You're like, Come on, you can. You're rooting for him. You're like, get out of this situation. Get out. The whole town offers to help. Constantly offers to help Cora, and 
to get away from Ernt, and mm-hmm. she never takes him up on it. And you're watching this man unfucking ravel, unravel. He is goes into this deep, dark prepper space where everyone and everything is out to get him, and he has to protect his family at all costs. And the only thing they need protecting from is him. It's him. Yeah, and he is abusive. For me, the moment when I hated this man, when it switched in my brain, was when you find out that Cora was 16 when she got pregnant and he was 25. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's always been a bad, he's always been not good. And she, Cora has this idea that before the war, he was great. Before the war, he was fine. And you're mm-hmm. like, was he? If we're talking about that. If you're 16. And he's I don't, I didn't put that together. He was 25. That's after, that's like when they got married. So she had, they'd already been together. And so the, anyway, that Matthew has a traumatic brain injury. They have to cover up the murder and they flee and act like they were killed. It wraps up in a bow. We talk about how we like a nice, neat bow. It wraps up in a nice, neat bow. The the ending happens really quickly. In the sense that, yeah, it does. They, six years later, Cora dies of lung cancer. Yes. I'm like sobbing at this point reading the book. (laughs) And she, her dying thing is like, spread my ashes on our old homestead in Alaska. Mm -hmm. And she writes this letter admitting to the murder. And it's like, you're in the clear. She has it signed off by a lawyer. This is your freedom back. You can have your freedom. You can do what you want with your life. So she goes back. Not Cora, what's the dot? I'm like Lenny. Lenny goes back with their son, with their son, and gets everything cleared up. And Matthew has been waiting for her this whole time with his awful brain injury. He can talk now, and he can sort of walk. It seems like he's finer than they made it seem. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, when they were like, "You're," he's not going to know who his son. They were acting like he's. And then all of a sudden, he just turns around and talks to her like, yeah. He's kind of pissed she left. Yeah. Yeah. So they they do end up together raising their son in Alaska. It wrapped up in a nice neat bow. It's just sad, man. This book is sad. Mm -hmm. I feel like I loved it. And I loved the idea that to me, I actually didn't, it didn't click that this was actually about Cora and Lenny and their Mm -hmm. relationship until they were back in Seattle with Cora's family and raising Mm -hmm. her son. They were raising her son together. Together. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is about a mom and daughter. Mm-hmm. Surviving. And surviving. I, when that clicked, I was like, oh, this is beautiful. Surviving, so not Alaska. But not Alaska. Yeah, surviving. They like, did fine in Alaska. They mm-hmm. were badass and learned all this stuff and were such survivors. But they survived him and yeah. all that Ernt mm-hmm. brought and... I don't know. It's a traumatic book, and I feel traumatized by it. And I love it. Mm-hmm. I do love it. That's why I kept telling you I'm anxious. The last thing I told you was I'm filled with anxiety. I wanted them out of it so bad. I just wanted Cora to leave. That's, yeah, we talked about that yesterday, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. So right after the Albrights, so Ernt, Cora, and Lenny get to Alaska, they meet Large Marge. I fucking love Large Marge. I cannot wait. I mean, I really, I feel like I slayed this fan cast, but. She is one of my favorite characters of any book I've read on this mm-hmm. whole podcast, maybe ever of all time. Well, the women in this book 
I've read two Chris and Hannah books. The other one was called, it was about the Dust Bowl. Also. Ooh. Ooh. Why is she picking these? Very mm-hmm. depressing, but about this woman that freaking kicks ass. Okay. Like, so I'm reading The Nightingale next, which is another one. I think, I'm not even sure what it's about, but Chris and Hannah, I know it as like historical fiction. Mm-hmm. It's like well-researched really well written Mm -hmm. and i don't know if all of her protagonists are women but the two i've read like yeah baller ladies this sisterhood on the island there are lots of like male characters that are great and helpful and smart but right when the family gets to the house and they're just kind of like wow this is really remote and there's no toilet and Mm -hmm. the house is kind of dirty these three i think it's three women yeah come and build chicken coops, build a, like a goat pen, a greenhouse, a greenhouse, oh, like a fucking day. Uh huh. All of these women do that, mm-hmm. and and they like ugh. after what Allie just said, and after Ernt hits Lenny and Cora shoots him, the women all come back. They know what's yeah. been going on this whole time. They've been encouraging Cora to yeah. They know. Get out of this marriage. They help her hide the body for six years. They don't say a thing. They just told. Yeah. I mean, they told the cops everything they knew and all about the abuse, but they didn't say. But I mean, they helped them do everything. The sisterhood was really powerful. It was one of my favorite parts. Now that you're saying that, it does feel like, to me, it was like, oh, this is about a mother and a daughter. But maybe it is more about sisterhood and like motherhood is a form of that. Mm -hmm. Like women sticking together yeah and so large marge's sister was in an abusive was in a oh i forgot that was something that she shared and so i kept thinking like god the trauma upon trauma for everyone involved in this and like mm-hmm. marge having to constantly relive her sister was killed right by her mm-hmm. husband constantly having to relive that every time she's trying to get Cora out of this situation and trying to help. Yeah. And knowing you can't do, you can't do anything. Like, mm-hmm. Lenny couldn't do anything. No one could do anything except for Cora. Cora was the one who had to yeah. get herself out of that situation. But, God, the trauma on trauma on trauma. And you, then there is a part where you do feel bad for Ernst. And the, I think it addresses this mm-hmm. in the very last few pages where Lenny talks about now we, ha- we know about mm-hmm. PTSD. We know what he was going through. I mean, I will still maintain if he's a 25-year-old man knocking up a 16-year-old girl, he's probably not, like, the classiest dude to begin mm-hmm. with, like, pre-trauma. But, yeah, you you do kind of feel – you're like, oh. And his, yeah. his solution was to move to fucking middle of nowhere, Alaska. I went to Alaska this summer. That's why I thought you'd love this. It's song. remote. That It kind of made me sad, though. Like, God, I thought about – I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. Alaska so much. And I do like this book. You keep mm-hmm. acting like I don't like it. I like this book. <laughs> it just did a number on me. Yeah. And feel very emotional. There's also like that homesteading piece. Yeah. Which I I'm feel like to that. there's lots of parts, pieces of homesteading, which I can totally get behind. Yeah. And even just exploring how shit's made. Yes. And how difficult it is. To, well, and I thought about mm-hmm. that too when I was reading it. I'm into a lot of homesteady type things. And I have always been. I'm from from the middle of nowhere south alabama Mm -hmm. my family's like lives out in the country part of that's just natural where you grow up kind of you know we had goats and we lived Mm -hmm. on much property and we fished and we had ponds and there's a part of that that i love 
man, I don't want to have to do it. I'm going to be honest. I thought about this a lot. I don't want to, I want to live in society. I want mm-hmm. to choose to do what I home <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to. Well, they did choose in a way, you but they didn't have another like, option. It's not even the, everyone homesteading out there. I think you can go out into Alaska and homestead, but be part of the community, mm-hmm. right? They all depended on each other. They talk about how like Ernie yeah. didn't want to be part of this community. Mm-hmm. They depended on each other. And that's what I mean, being part of a society or community and Ernie wanting to go like prepper mode instead. Yeah. Nah, dog. I don't want to block myself off from people. So one character that was also a, a big part of Ernst's maybe downhill tumble into prepping and thinking everything is out getting more insular Mm -hmm. yeah was the the man's dad so his friend that left him the property his name was mad earl his name was earl but they called him mad earl not a good son dude and his comp he lived on a compound it was very much like a commune all his family with all his family the women when they first met the whole group I mean, everyone was really kind. They were so welcoming. Mm-hmm. Everyone on had been at that mm-hmm. point. So it wasn't outside of yeah. what they'd experienced. I mean, everyone in Alaska has been really friendly to them. But when Mad Earl dies, there's this scene that – so Ernt comes back to this compound and tells the women and children, I'm going to look after you. I know this is what Earl would have wanted. And the women were like, hell no. Mm-hmm. You made him crazy, and we don't want anything to do that you have to offer. Out. And I just slow clapped. Mm-hmm. I loved. I, I mean, it just made was infuriating that Cora was sitting there and like, well, I guess we got to go back to crazy man. This isn't going to help. He's Ugh. probably like, Ugh. but to see that, what standing up to your oppressor or your would-be oppressor looked like and Mm. she still hadn't been able to do that i loved that okay so you've talked about how you want to you would want to choose yeah if you're homesteading you just want the option you still want to be in society alaska is called or has been called the last frontier it was Uh called that many times in the book I still kind of think, maybe not the last frontier, but it's still pretty wild. It's wild. I mean, I think Alaska, the state still pays people to move there. It might not be a ton of money, but I feel like there still is some kind of stipend mm-hmm. to I, move to Alaska. I think you're right. I'm not sure. But. but I mean, it's probably not like Anchorage, but yeah, maybe something a little more remote. But is there... I say this because I feel like we've been in the same the conversations that our two families have had together mm-hmm. are just about especially maybe when Trump was president or when he was first elected. You're like, this is not where I want my children to grow yeah. up. This is not this is not what I want my the childhood that he's experiencing to look like. Mm-hmm. Where should we go? Mm-hmm. And we're trying to pick and I like I saw a lot of Ernt in the way I felt then, like helpless. Yeah. This is my my biggest responsibility is to raise a human that is yeah. safe and has a healthy outlook on the world. And and are we just the same for thinking yeah. that? Like even the things that he was talking about and like the world's gone crazy, shit. 
It is. Yeah. No, yeah. like every I remember just in my deep or like true crime interests, everything they said, the hijackings of planes, like that feels really scary. Women disappearing. Uh-huh. Oh, that yeah, was it Bundy mm-hmm. that he was talking about? Um yeah, like super crazy. Yeah. I don't I don't know that I blame him for that. You do feel so out of control. Yeah. When you don't feel safe or society feels like it doesn't match your belief system mm-hmm. or I don't know, I I resonated with that and I mean, we have I have a list on my phone of notes of like places we're looking for. Yeah, for sure safe stable government and health care <laughs> god give us some free not free, um, but universal do you feel did you think that at all while you were reading this or do you do you think we were wrong or we are no, wrong no, no, or no. so the way i view it is i'm not trying to escape society at large mm-hmm. i want to find a society that I can contribute to and be a part of that mirrors my beliefs and then I think will give my children a better life. And mm-hmm. it feels like Ert wanted to insulate himself from everything. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I guess I see, I guess I sort of see that. It just feels I don't know how it feels feels different but i can't put my finger on why i want to say fear-based but i have fear of our society yeah right now um but it's less it's less like i fear our society as a whole and it's like half of it yeah <laughs> you know where i not even half. i think it's not even half of it i think it's like a s- small but vocal mm-hmm. slice i don't know we ali and i went see. to a neighborhood christmas hang yeah today and I kind of feel on cloud nine about where we live right now. I do too. It was the sweetest. Yeah. And I really, I, you had said it, it means a very diverse neighborhood, but not just in race, but in age. Mm-hmm. And that is such a special piece. Yeah. Having it's so a, special. Mm-hmm. And who all and everyone wants to contribute to the community and make it mm-hmm. a great neighborhood. It's not like, you know, a lot of young families have moved in in the what, how long have we lived here since two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. A lot of young families have moved in, and you were a child. When I was you a moved child. In. I was a baby when I moved to this neighborhood, and we every like the older people who live here just want it to stay great for the younger people who live here and want to mm-hmm. like contribute and help. And I think the younger families want the same thing and it was delightful it was so sweet (laughs) someone so there's a house in our neighborhood that recently went on the market for over a million dollars just crazy and we can talk about that we talked about it endlessly in like in our own houses but someone we also have a neighborhood facebook page Uh and someone was making fun of it on the neighborhood facebook page and someone jumped right in and was like you know that is a neighbor that worked really hard to not flip, but to renovate this home, mm-hmm. to sell it. And it'd be really – I'm sure they would be really hurt if they jumped on that They're yeah. to see their neighbors saying that their home yeah. wasn't worth this. Let's just not talk about it on the internet. Yeah. It's like, oh, I love this neighborhood I know, I love so this much. neighborhood. It's great. And that's I, I think 
I just want to be part of a society. And I, mm-hmm. I do think Ernst originally wanted that when he first moved. Yeah, I, he he moved in the wrong direction. Yeah. He wanted to be part of the community, mm. but he let his anger and trauma and all and alcoholism mm. um, turn him against his neighbors. And I yeah. think that's the difference. I don't feel – I don't – I. I don't want to turn against anyone. I just want to feel as though my children are safe. Yeah. And I can be part of a society that's moving in the direction I think is going to be safest for everyone. Even those I disagree with. Yeah. It's not like I You don't want, want to group think or you don't want to live in a bubble. Yeah. But you just – I want that to be a safe place yeah. also to, to disagree and have some kind of – it's gotta it's gotta be better yeah it's gotta be better okay which had you screaming at your book the loudest was it just Cora's continual staying with Ernt was it the girls deciding to hide the body instead of just telling the police that it seemed really hard what they had to do yes um to make it look like it he just ran off yeah and or Lenny getting pregnant and then leaving and not telling anyone in the family that she had had a baby with Matthew. It the thing that made me scream the most was definitely Cora not leaving over mm-hmm. and over. It's always I, I don't know if you know people who. It also, I mean, now if she was in the same, there was a lot of things that led up that I feel like helped me understand more about how women couldn't have their own bank accounts. They mm-hmm. couldn't withdraw That's money. True. They couldn't do anything. And you saw instances of that when she tried to get money out of the bank, like her money. Mm-hmm. She had to go to her parents or just even open up her own bank account. Either her dad had to help her or her. That's actually really true. Any of my frustration is just, I mean, of course, it's frustrating for her not to be able. I think mm-hmm. that's it. It's not all on her. It's frustrating that she couldn't get right. out of the situation. And it. I feel like this is a very important detail for Cora's character is she stayed because she probably saw what you're saying. She couldn't leave and support she couldn't leave Lenny and also she couldn't support Lenny in any way um but she was taking all of the abuse Mm -hmm. he was never abusing Lenny or hitting Lenny and the moment he did she killed him she killed him she wasn't fucking around with that at all yeah that like sparked (laughs) she had a line in the sand Mm -hmm. she had a line that he crosses I'm killing him and yeah God was Whew. And I do understand, too. Yeah, that was what made me scream the most. That and when when Cora was trying to finally fix the situation and she was going to get Lenny into college mm-hmm. and she and Matthew could go be together and all of this. And she kept being like, don't be stupid. Don't mm-hmm. be stupid. And then Lenny keeps being fucking stupid. And you're like, that actually made me scream the most. The uh, scene where they're, they're upstairs, upstairs in, the loft. in the loft and fall, they like get it on and then fall asleep oh and he gets, or gets home. I wanted to. I wanted how, to jump. How did the you fall asleep? How be like? This was very important. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Cora. It could have been perfect. You could have done been. your thing. Yes, and then just left. That's all you had to do. Just not. Just oh, the teenage hormones, man. Getting to her. That actually made me want to scream the most. Mm. When Cora's finally making some steps in some better directions, and like we're going to get you out. That hadn't have happened. So Matthew would have still been in the hospital. Because what made them run away? Uh, it's he beat Cora so bad, and oh. he sh- Matthew showed up. Remember? 
That's right. He confronted them in town or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, they went into town. He had already like locked them down. He built a wall around their house. That's right. And isn't letting yes. them out. They go into town and the two women are, Cora and Lenny are so, they know they're in like a really, really bad situation and it's desperate and Lenny screams help. When her dad, when they get out of the truck, she sees Matthew and she screams help. That's right. And Ernst gets him back in the car and takes him to the compound. It starts to be Cora and Matthew followed them back. That's right. And they flee. Cora goes to Large Marge's mm-hmm. house and um Lenny and Matthew run away into the And woods. that's when he goes to he goes to prison for a minute, right? He goes to jail for like a couple days and then yeah. Cora forgets to press charge. Cora didn't press charges. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets right back out. Oh, that also made me want to scream. Friggin' press those charges. I don't know. Cuz at that point, I mean, it could have all ended up Mhm. Cuz if she she has the house still. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. A lot made me want to scream with this book. And cry. Man. I cried a lot. <laughs> Man. Okay, so I did read that the movie rights have been purchased. Ooh, they were purchased after the book was published. saddest movie. That was in 2018, though. And it still says in development okay. on um, IMDb. So I don't know if what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I think Miramax bought the rights. Okay. And I have a perfect cast. Oh, yeah. Oh, one other thing I did want to talk about before we get into casting. So I feel like one thing that's never – well, not really talked about, but I feel like Jon Stewart does a really good job of advocating for first responders, veterans. Mm-hmm. And that is as much as I feel like you and I hate war mm-hmm. and don't believe that it is a good use of – yeah energy our money our actual citizens yeah it feels like a game and the people that are playing the game are white middle-aged men yeah so now this all makes sense yeah but i feel like both sides right left Mm -hmm. middle to the forest of either direction people believe that veterans of war should be supported yes and he like this story is just so and I know that this happens I mean I, I don't know how you could come back from a war zone and not have a mm-hmm. traumatic experience but um I feel like if we're, we're all looking for somewhere we can unite yeah the reason true. why there has not been more progress on funding VA hospitals yeah or mental health for veterans across the board 100 percent you come home you're taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for serving. Yes. That blows my mind. I know. That I know. it's that we can't do better. That we can't do better at something that's. I mean, the United States puts their hand in everyone's pot yeah. and expects these people to come back totally fine I know. without I know. any support. It's very troubling. Okay, Cora. So if you can imagine a blonde, cropped hair, Rachel McAdams. Yes. Who can be sassy and sweet and... Yes. She's a little older now than she was in the notebook. And uh, I think she'd be really good at that. And then Ernt, I had Josh Lucas. 
Okay. He told him up. Is, he's the guy from Sweet Home Alabama. I don't mm-hmm. – I think he's in Yellowstone mm-hmm. now. Um, he's not in Yellowstone. He's not? Okay. That I know of. I mean, I've watched up to this season. But I thought he would be good. Just like an aging, handsome – they talk about how handsome he is yeah. all the time. Large Marge I had as Retta from Parks and Rec. Oh, yes. 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 And then the other lady, I think there was three women that helped them. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember her name. But in my mind, she was always Sissy Spacek. Do you know who Sissy oh, Spacek is? Oh, do I know? Okay. Loretta Lincoln, my okay. daughter. Yes, I <laughs> yeah. know who Sissy Spacek is. Just like the three of them. Yeah. Out I like in that. Alaska. I like that. Kicking ass. Lenny, I had as she's an Australian actress. Her name's Jordana Beatty. Jordana Beatty. How do you spell Beatty? B e a t t y. Oh, little, oh, little. Oh, she cute. Oh my God, yes. Just like a. What is she in it over from something? She's in a. I think it's a Judy Bloom movie. <gasps> um, she would be so good. She just looked. I mean, just so, now like, innocent. Now there's a innocent. face for little Lenny, mm-hmm. I want to cry again. I couldn't remember Matthew's dad. What was their family's Tom name? Tom Walker. Tom Walker. I had Kevin Costner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mr. Yellowstone. Yeah. And Matthew, I had Tom Holland. Oh. Spider-Man. Oh. Like, I looked, my Google searches was skinny white boy. But he, he got, well, when he was young. Yeah. Then he went off and played hockey and stuff. And yeah. Came back and it was all like Mr. Hotshot. Yeah. Well, Tom Holland, I guess, is a little, he's dating Zendaya, so. And <laughs> she sees the best in everyone, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm assuming that. I like that cast a lot. I like it. I hope it becomes a movie. I do, too. Be the saddest, saddest movie. <sighs> There's, I, there's, I think there's too much in it, actually. If we're gonna think of, they're gonna, they'd have to cut something. Yeah, it'd be like a six-hour epic, like uh-huh. with a, like Gone with the Wind, long. Yeah. I don't know. This okay. I'm gonna go back to oh oh, plot-heavy melodrama. That's how this was described in two words. Now I'm gonna go to Goodreads because they had really two really funny ones. Okay. All right. Becca said there are a million ways to die in Alaska. And one of them is probably reading this pile of trite, repetitive, melodramatic, schmaltzy garbage. <laughs> then Catherine said, I can't say the last time I DNF'd a book with 50 pages left to read, but this novel forced my hand. I, <laughs> I was dying. Oh, I understand. Because when, again, I liked this book, but when Cora got cancer, I wanted to throw it against the wall. I was like, something good happened. Something well, good is. happened in this book. Yeah. But that's it. Oh, I, I like it. I like it. Do you oh. want to talk about next week? Yes, I am happy to. So um, if you are into Solstice, like I mm-hmm. am and lots of other girls are, we are going to be celebrating Solstice with the book, The Return of the Light. It's 12 tales from around the world for the winter solstice. We haven't mm. done anything like this. Mm-mm. I know nothing about it. I just like Googled solstice We book. were trying to find solstice books. Yeah. Found this one. I like the idea of reading like 12 different little stories. We've never mm-hmm. short stories or anything. So it'll be a totally different one that we will be, yeah, doing for solstice. I just love the idea of having a solstice book too. I'm really excited yeah. about that one. I haven't started it, but it came in the mail yesterday. So yeah. So we will be back with that. Read along with us. We'll come up with a real fun solstice cocktail. I'm excited about that. Ooh. It's going to be real special. 
But mm. so yeah, celebrate the shortest day of the year with us next week. What what's the date of the solstice? The twenty first. I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay. So Ooh. this comes out of the 19th. Do you know if there's true stories or fiction? I don't know okay. much. The cover's pretty. <laughs> I don't know much. Uh, that we fall for a good cover. So yeah, so join us then and we'll be back. With Thanks this. for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, welcome to the winter season. <laughs> Start off with a good seasonal depression one. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's podcast of The Book Report with Allie and Rach. You can find us on Instagram at Book Report Podcast. You can find us on TikTok at at Book Report Podcast. And if you want to write us an email, you can write us an email at thebookreportpod at gmail.com.